Hi, this is Pat Powell from the Melbourne Scar Orchestra and Dancing in the Shadows of Motown. And when I'm in Melbourne, I go out of my way to spend time with Tina at Definitive Breaks on Radio Karam. Hello and hi everyone. Welcome along to Definitive Breaks. I'm Tina and you're tuned into Radio Karam. On today's show, I'm so excited to be chatting and catching up with Richard Vegas. Richard is multi-talented. He's a performance artist, actor, world-class magician, illusionist, mentalist, you name it, he's done it, director, producer, not to mention a bachelor's degree in acting from NIDA. Here to talk about his latest cabaret show called Club Soda. Welcome to Radio Karen, Richard. Thank you, Tina. It's great to be with you. Thanks for joining me. How are you today? I'm really well, actually. The sun's shining and I'm happy. I know. <laughs> so, Isn't it lovely? Yeah, yeah. Well, you never know what you're going to get, do we? No, you no, you don't, do you? <laughs> Melbourne's weather is oh, like a box of chocolates. It is. It's go. turned it on today. I was uh, quite surprised. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, good to hear. So, here to talk about your show, Club Soda, you're starring in. How yeah. did Club Soda come about? Um, yeah, tell me how it all came together. Yeah, sure. Well, like, uh, so we have been fortunate enough, myself and my partner, Julia, um, have been fortunate enough to be producers. And we have a show that is still going after 10 years called the Paris Underground Cabaret. Wow. And um, yeah, so it's still got legs, which is which is interesting because the legs are getting tired. But people still want to see it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great it's a great show, and and um, and we still enjoy doing it, and it's still extremely well received. Last year, we did a, a number of engagements. We even did the the Noosa Long Weekend Festival, and so we've you know we, we st- it's still going, and it's still um, you know really kicking it's Mm -hmm. um it's great so we're looking to do it again this year but at some point uh oh i guess what five years ago we sort of um went well this can't go on forever even though it seems to be Mm -hmm. um and we kind of went well what what are we going to do next and because we'd done this show for at that stage probably i don't know five six seven years we thought well we do want to continue to do this but we want to do something that is a little more um a, a little more of a departure from the norm mm-hmm. and so we came up with this concept called club soda which was about um which is about uh dreams actually um mm-hmm. even though uh the club soda thing doesn't really relate club soda doesn't really relate to that but it was it was because it was a, a, a to be a, a sort of underground speakeasy type club because it, we, when we were uh, conceiving of the of the of the concept of the show it was obviously we were coming up to being uh in the in the 20s again mm-hmm. and we were looking i like back the title of 
yeah, club great. soda. Yeah, great. Mm. I, I, I wonder. I, the only thing I wonder about is if people kind of go, "Well, what what the hell's that about?" Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it, so that that's the thing. It's a, a little uh, we need to sort of look at is that um, club soda. What does it What does it mean? Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but if people know us and they and uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the venues around Australia that we've performed at obviously know what we pr- produce, and so this is our next incarnation of a what we call cabaret, which mm-hmm. is a European variety theatre show, which means that it sort of encompasses all disciplines of of variety theatre. So what that came from was the idea of um, vaudeville and and variety being not just um, song and dance, but also magic and illusion and um, and circus arts um, and and anything else really mm-hmm. that sort of fits into a vaudeville vein that becomes a mainstream theatre production as it's all placed into one sort of thematic concept. Wow. Um, so, is it based in in the nineteen twenties? So, yeah, sort of. Um, we we took the inspiration from from the swing from the Roaring Twenties, yes. um, and 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 that um, that stylistic. Um, I mean, because it is a, a beautifully clean, amazing Art Deco kind mm-hmm. of stylistic look that we that we put throughout the show, and and that's something that that we took as inspiration. But it does kind of go through that nightclub. Uh, style of the 20s mm-hmm. all the way through to the 60s and maybe even touching on the 70s but not really more uh-huh. that um, if you were looking at 60s you'd be looking at the sort of the the sort of French um, um, noir kind uh-huh. of, of of a 60s nightclub you know that that um, even to the point of looking at Moulin Rouge but uh-huh. but but sort of much more in in the sort of vein of um, of that uh, Alain Delon type of um, movie uh, where you know like that that very classy clean style of, mm-hmm. of performance and and of um, presentation so that so it, it is set from the 20s because that was the inspiration for it. it's mm-hmm. like oh god we're coming up to the 20s how are we going what, what should we should do something that's sort of roaring 20s and 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 put it into a modern mm-hmm. context and and so yeah we we, we um, it took the inspiration from the 20s but it does sort of go through the style yeah. of the of the 50s and through into the 60s as well uh-huh. when I think of um, the 1920s I think of flappers and prohibition and most of all you know the jazz age or the the naughty jazz and dirty blues type yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah. and that that. and and we use a lot of that a lot of that um music in the show even if it's um modernized music sort of like um electro swing some of that gets in there Uh um so yeah it it is all inspired by by that and Mm -hmm. it's also inspired by what we wanted to explore which was the the element of um you know like the thing that is, is is amazing about you know, humanity is that we have these dreams. We actually dream at night time. We mm-hmm. dream, and those dreams are part of our reality. They're mm-hmm. part of our life, mm-hmm. and so to put them on stage in terms of a, a sort of um, we get that license, that poetic license mm-hmm. to put it on stage and and make things a bit weird and mm-hmm. a bit sort of down the rabbit hole with you know, Alice and down the rabbit hole. It's kind of um, going to a different world, a dreamlike wow. landscape. Wow. So, what do, what should people expect when coming to see Club Soda? Well, you'll expect to see um, 
you'll expect to see magic because yes. uh, both myself and Julia are magicians, but a lot less wow. than what we do, a lot less than what we do in the Paris Underground show because the Paris uh-huh. Underground show, which we'd done previously, was pretty much a showcase of a lot of our stuff. We kind of went, oh, we want to do this and we want to do that and we want to. Now we make m- much more theming the magic into the act. So uh-huh. it'll be much more, um, well, well, how do you say it? Much more s- subtle. More, more, well, it's not subtle when it happens, but it's not as if, oh, here's a magic act, uh, you know, it's like, like here's a guy with, ca- you know, it's yeah, not yeah. none of that kind of stuff. It's much more um, into the theme of what's going on. Uh-huh. So if we have a sort of a, a scenic vignette of something that's happening in the show, which we do have a number of them, um, that are sort of weird dreamlike um, happenstances, you know, like if you were, if you were getting married what, and, and, you, and you were left at the altar sort of situation, what would it be like, that kind of stuff, that magic, little magic mm, um, things like- happen. Happen Twists in, in and surprises moments. is a very like David Lynch. Yes, it is absolutely. Type. Yeah, well, that's another inspiration for the show is, is to put some of that David Lynch style of uh-huh. weirdness on, on on stage. Okay, so what are the themes um, that is explored in um, Club Soda? Well, definitely the themes of of, of dreams. Uh-huh, uh, dreams, yep, yep. Of dreams. Um, that is the big one. And because the main character in the show, who is not me, not yep. in the show, okay. uh, is, is um, Mr. Sandman. So he's the, he's the bringer of dreams and he's also the sort of conductor of the show. Mr. Sandman, and okay. That's, um that's our, our good friend and brilliant uh, artist, uh, Eden Reed, who's a, who's an amazing tap dancer and choreographer. And um, so he choreographs the, 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 the dance numbers in the show as okay. well and um and yes and he and he sort of ties everything together uh-huh. going through the show is a number of sort of tap dance routines that open the show and then and then punctuate the um the performance as well oh wow okay so how did um how does music play a part in the show is there jazz oh, well or? absolutely no well uh, music uh, basically uh, apart from some of the MC, well, some of the MC interactions with which, and I sort of MC the show, but some of the MC. Apart from that, every single act is set to music. Mm-hmm. So it is that it's very much a, a cabaret show uh, in that sense. Um, so and and oh, the I think style. I'm gonna of, love it. I'm gonna love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's great. It's um it's really fun and it's very interactive. Uh, in terms of, I mean, one of the things that that we do with our shows is is that cabaret is a it's a it's an interaction with with the audience. So every time the show goes up, it's a different show because it requires the response from the audience. Any any type of um you know uh, cabaret, or especially with magic as well. Mm-hmm. Any any I found that any inter any magic performance is is it only as good as the audience um mm-hmm. that receives it uh, and so it's not here i am uh, a magician look at me i'm wonderful kind of and i don't i do these amazing things no it's a it's a it's a conversation with the audience mm-hmm. um so all of our all of our acts are, are very much presented to the audience and 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 they do interact, um, not not literally. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not going into that. I mean, uh, at some points we do actually go into the auditorium only once or twice. But um, uh, but but it is a you know I think theatre uh, of any sort is a communion. It's a it's a sharing of of, um, of themes and of ideas. Mm-hmm. And and when our shows go up, we make sure that we are. Um, 
that they are responsive to the way the audience mm-hmm. is responding. Mm-hmm. And we have to be dynamic enough to sort of bring that into the show. Yeah. Wow. There's a there's a quote in um, the club Soda Fly that I saw. It says, "If you could talk to one person on the other side, who would you choose?" Does this dabble into the themes of afterlife or the greater beyond, the great unknown, or you know, purgatory or limbo? Yes, it does in a way because I guess um, one of the things that we thought about. So there's two parts to that. So it's two parts of an answer to that question. One of the things that we thought about with um, with Club Soda is that the dreams that we have, that all of us have, are um, are sort of doorways to an, another side. Mm-hmm. You know, they are the, our subconscious uh, in our dreams is a way of us processing things that we we may or may not uh, have an answer to, and so that is definitely something that we 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 have put into and woven into the fabric of the show. And then the other thing is part of the reason why the show came about was a dream that my my partner Julia had, uh-huh. where she uh, she said I, I dreamt that I. I can't remember exactly what, how, how it started, but that she was, I don't know, she flew somewhere and oh. then she was in, the, in this room. Yeah, like she flies a lot in her dreams. Which oh, is does lucky. she? I've never, <laughs> I've never flown in my dreams. Yeah. Um, but she, she flew somewhere and then she, um, she was on a phone call to her grandfather who had passed away many years ago, uh-huh. uh, probably 20, 25 years ago now yes. or more. And, um, and he actually, and, the, and on the phone call, she couldn't really talk to him, but he, he said to her, keep going, you're almost there. <laughs> and it was, and she woke up and thought, you know, this is an amazing sort of a bit of advice that she, she'd got from, from him uh, and she applied it to the questions that she had about us as producers and uh-huh. us as a, as and so that was the immediate thing that came to her mind uh-huh. um, and so that was something that spurred on the creation of this show as well wow oh. mm. so literally a show about dreams has been created yeah. As a but by by a dream being the impetus mm-hmm. for it, so people it's would amazing. love that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's yeah. it's it's yeah, it's a nice little, um, I don't know, thematic hook, but mm. but the reality of of how the show sort of came about. Yes, wow. Mm. So, can you tell me about the performers in the show? I would love to. <laughs> we have so, no. I'm serious. We have. We're very lucky in yes. that um, quite a few of the performers we work with are part of our what we would call an ensemble. And what uh-huh. you get with an ensemble on stage is magic. Not literal magic in terms of the performance of the performance art of magic, but you get this unspoken. It's like a really great football team or a, a really great netball team or something. You know that that, that just unconsciously know what the other is going to do. Uh-huh. Um, and so when we have interactions on stage between the performers, they are because of years of working together. So we have Eden Reed, who is our Mr. Sandman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and I uh, are very good friends after having worked together for about 10 years now. And we have a great sort of on-stage chemistry, as does he with, with Julia as well, my partner, Julia Madotti, because yes. um, they've, again, there's, there's 10 years of, of uh, this, the common 
theatrical language. And you keep those uh, connections as well. Yeah, and look, look, you know, when you when you when you when you're working with someone and you enjoy working with them, well, why would you stop? Exactly. You know I mean? <laughs> um, so Hannah Hannah Trot is our our circus artist and dancer as well, and mm-hmm. she's also been from from ten years as well with the, with the company. She's actually um, Eden's partner. Mm-hmm. So those two have been with us for a very long time. Um, we have uh, so, um, Tim Rutty, who is a circus artist, but mm-hmm. he's coming back in a, in a sort of a different capacity. As it's, uh, he's got he's got he's a lot of acting um, themes in what he's uh, doing with the show, and he's he's actually a great actor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Alicia Mannion, who is an amazing circus artist as well, as well as a, a dancer. And we have uh, Keely Fouracre, who is a brilliant um, uh, ballerina mm-hmm. uh, and dancer, and she's coming into the show. So this will be her at Frankston Arts Centre mm-hmm. on the uh, 18th of March. That'll be the first show that she's with us. Okay. Um, and she's also an aerialist. She's working on, on circus arts as well. So there's there's all that, uh, as, as well as myself, um, who uh, who is a magician and mm-hmm. an actor and, and, and that kind of stuff. But we're, we're very fortunate to have... Um, Amazing artists. They mm-hmm. really are fantastic, ex- highly experienced um, performers who've um, mostly, you know, most of them I think were at least 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. on stage, if not more. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Mm. So, how long have you been rehearsing this? I saw that you'd already had played interstate. Yeah. So, well, it's an interesting story. I mean, the first performance of Club Soda uh-huh. was um, just before, like literally the weekend. Let me guess. Go on. <laughs> the uh, weekend two before. Years ago. Yeah, before <laughs> lockdown happened, before the whole pandemic hit, uh-huh. we were actually over in uh, Caratha. In, in in WA in Western Australia for the first performance and we we'd previously been there with Paris Underground mm-hmm. uh, within the Red Earth Arts Festival and um, we we uh, headlined that that with uh, Paris Underground I think it was in 2017 or 2018 mm-hmm. that slips my mind now which one it was um, but uh, so we were back there with Club Soda it was our new show and we rehearsed it and got it all up and and we were ready to go with it and fortunately and they and that was just before and that was just just after they'd had that massive cyclone oh. that had gone in, and like two mm-hmm. weeks before the cyclone had hit Caratha and w- the West mm-hmm. Australian coast, we went in there and we were staying in, in hotels and motels that had been basically half destroyed by the. Oh <laughs> no! It was crazy, but they were still back up and running. Yes, and um, and then we we did our show, and literally uh, we did it on I can't remember what weekend it was, but let's say it was March twentieth or whatever it was. And literally that following week, bang, they shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got one performance of it and then everything else that we had set up for that year had sort of had to go on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's basically been in existence. The show's been in, in existence for over two years, oh, three years okay. now. But it hasn't, obviously, because <laughs> we've had that black hole of the of the pandemic um, that it hasn't obviously been mm. performing all that oh, time because wow. – didn't happen okay so you must travel um to many cities performing have you like had any memorable show or tours that you've played that you've loved oh a lot yeah a lot um too many to name i'll try and um any nice theaters or oh 
heaps of brilliant yeah. theatre. I mean, we, we've been, we've been so, li, li, uh, seriously, we've been so fortunate to be all, all around Australia with, with our shows. Yeah, you'd know that, them all. Uh, well, I'd know them all. <laughs> and there's always more to go to, but yeah, we, yeah. we're we very fortunate to have been to some brilliant theatres. Um Oh, I, I, look, I would be. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't want to single one out, actually, to be honest. But I'll, I'll tell you a few memorable things. I remember we did a town hall once, um, where, <laughs> and it was in. It was actually in rural Victoria, and. Oh. Everybody brought their own hampers and 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 drinks, and so which was part of the deal. Yeah. Um. And it was an absolute riot. The whole place, like oh, it was crazy. Really? And and then when we finished, we went out and they're going here, have a drink, here, have some cheese. Yeah. You know, like they literally Wicked. had their hampers out. On so the where was it? Oh, I I, I don't want to say. Go on. Uh, actually, to be honest, I can't remember. It was one of two places, oh. and I don't want to get it wrong. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So. I won't say. I'm not going to say. No, I went to see something at the the Moorabbin Town Hall last year and you were allowed to bring your own food. It's great. Your own food and drink. And they have an open bar. That's interesting. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, they did that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, your own platters. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. Um, So, can you tell me about your production company, Raconteur Productions? Yeah, well, Raconteur sort of – I mean, Julia and I have been uh, performing together for – gee, hang on. I'm not going to say how how long. (laughs) Long time. (laughs) It's a long time. But – Basically, since at least the Olympics in Sydney, because uh, okay. we actually moved up there, and that was around the time that I that I started um, that I started at NIDA, and we we started working together then, and we had a we registered our business called Magic Extraordinaire at that time, and um, we provided um, a lot of entertainment for for over the years, uh, a lot of entertainment for the Star Casino up there, and uh-huh. um, and and obviously a lot of corporate you know, functions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when we came back to Melbourne. Melbourne, um, we started doing shows at, at venues in Australia, in Melbourne, and stuff. And and um, we and one of the great things was the coming up with the Paris Underground Cabaret. And so uh-huh. we looked at that in the whole the whole sort of French theme, and and that's where Raconteur Productions came out of. Us. It was like, well, we're, we're storytellers. We we tell stories. We, you know, so we're raconteurs, and and um, mm-hmm. and that's where Raconteur Productions came out of. It came out of Julia and myself, but also having the the ensemble that we. Uh-huh. Have that it sort of was born out of the Paris Underground Cabaret. Okay, wow. So you've been p- performing all your life. Like, what gives you the most enjoyment out of doing this? You know, now, yeah, it's, it's the. I'm I, again. I find it. I find myself very lucky to have had the amount of experience and stage time that I've had, and uh-huh. now it is actually the interaction that I have on stage with the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as meeting people, yeah, it does. Mm. It does. It's like it's like a, a very comfortable um, and and a, an amazing sort of place to be because anything can happen. And I, I I literally try and construct my my performances in a way that they are just a little bit dangerous in that mm-hmm. anything could happen. Oh wow. Um, Okay. <laughs> I, well, that's that, that's the kind of that's Ripping. the kind of thrill that I, yeah, that's the yeah. kind of thrill that I get out of it. Um, less so with the cabaret stuff because it is set to music. But if I'm doing any of my my magic stuff, that um, I do take a lot of risks mm-hmm. with with what I do. Yeah. Um, I, I really try and push push the envelope for myself at okay. least as to as to what um, 
what I'm going to do and, and the way it's going to go and the interaction with the person that I'm having with being respectful obviously I'm not, not pushing it in it over any lines but mm-hmm. in a theatrical sense it's um it, it pushes the boundaries I really look for the interaction from mm-hmm. the person I'm working with or the audience I'm working with um just that gives me the most joy and then also um it's very gratifying and, and, and satisfying to to um, meet people afterwards mm-hmm. and have them be as as joyful and as happy as as what we sort of yeah. provide. Yeah, to, totally. You know, say I love the show, and you know, like it was fantastic, and this was my favourite bit, and all that, and that's really, 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 um, really gratifying. It's it's yeah. something that's very rewarding. Oh, lovely! Yeah, it would be. Um, have Have you ever had a performance? Have you had a performance that has been like a pivotal impact on your life? Um. Well, you don't have to yeah, answer I, it if you don't well, want to. <laughs> no, well, I don't. I don't think so because, as you know, that well, as you might think that uh, you know that these things happen, but they, they it, you know, changes really happen incrementally. You know, they're not something that's like yeah. Rarely is there a you know that 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 diamond bullet that sort of hits you and go, oh my god, now I understand. It's it, it's more you look back and you go, oh wow. Oh, it's changed so much. Uh-huh. What I do is, you know, you, you actually, upon reflection, you look back at things and, and things have changed uh, immensely. And those are the moments upon reflection that you that, that really hit you, mm-hmm. I think, rather than a performance. But, look, there have been certain, certain things. There was one time, I'll tell you this, there was one yeah. time that we had a, a, a hellish tech. I don't know what the hell happened, but we were we were in Burnie in Tasmania uh-huh. doing a Paris Underground Cabaret, and for whatever reason, everything just went wrong. That They had a, I don't know, a circuit breaker that go down, and we were put back oh, 45 minutes, and, okay. then, and then we lost all of the programming that we had for the lights for the night, so we had to start again, and da-da-da-da-da, and it just went on and on. There was just this, like, litany of problems that sort of mm-hmm. backed up, and I remember it was like... Because at that point we didn't, I didn't have a touring tech with us on that show, oh, and I was doing hell. Yeah, and yeah. I was doing, the, and as the director and producer, I was doing the lighting uh, plot as well. Um, so I'm there doing all that, and we're trying to get rehearsals done, and then we kind of got some rehearsals done and safety checks for all the circus performers to make sure that the lights aren't blinding them and all this kind of stuff, and they can get their balance on this apparatus and that and whatever. And uh, when we finally finished, I think I, I had about 15 minutes <laughs> to myself yeah. to set my magic props before we had to go oh. on so it was like 7:45 or 7:35 before our you know like the show was to go up at eight o'clock it was a it was a nightmare of a mm. day but at the end of it i i guess i turned around and i just went well if i can do that i can do anything mm. <laughs> do you know what i mean yes. so so that type of um I don't know, bloody-mindedness or fortitude in the face uh-huh. of um, – you just keep going. You just keep going. You just make sure that the show goes on. So, wow. yeah, you just okay. you find, so, you find yeah. the strength and you push on through. Exactly. So have you dabbled in film or television before? Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a career as a as a um, – as an actor, as a professional actor, um, after NIDA, I, I do less of the pursuance of that yep. nowadays because a lot of my stuff is, a lot of my time is taken mm-hmm. up by the production side and, and magic and mm-hmm. doing corporate 
performances and and things like that. So I don't have as mm. uh, much of a toe in the water. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, look, I did. I did blue healers. I did white collar blue back in the day. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, uh, what was the other one? The Cooks. There was a television show. I did a couple of, you know, I did a lot of student films. Mm-hmm. I did a feature film. Um, what else? Uh, there, I'm sure there's other things. Yeah. Oh, um, All Saints. Oh, um, well, yeah. I toured with Bell Shakespeare. Not that that's a television show, but I, I toured with Bell Shakespeare. I, I, I did a lot, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I had a I had a full professional career yeah. there for a while and then um, and then – the the sporadic nature of being an actor sort of yeah. uh, was was a very difficult one, mm. and you you, have to, you know you have to um, uh, keep keep going with it. Mm. But what happened was that the the magic and the uh, self producing of shows sort of took over mm-hmm. from, from that and became more of a. Uh, meritocracy. At least, yeah. you know, when when I was doing it, I knew that that if if we what we did was good, that we would you know would get legs with it and it would run. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can be a really great actor and still not get a gig. So yeah, it's, yeah, it it's, would be hard. It's a, yeah, it's a tough gig. Yeah. It's a tough so I would love to discuss you know another craft of yours. So mm. magician. What <laughs> yeah. in, you know what inspired you to be a magician? Oh, well, that's easy. My partner Julia, she was a magician before me. When really? We okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the one who got me into this. Okay. This, this monkey business. You don't uh, normally see women performing manage. Yeah, no, female magicians. No, no they're, they're they're less and they're becoming more and more, which is fantastic. Um, like with everything in, in society, uh-huh. it's, it's becoming much more equitable. Um. Uh, and you don't and but it's still look i would say magic is still a fairly male dominated um uh art form or or, or practice mm-hmm. um but it is it is being it is opening itself up to being much more inclusive and it ha- and it has been especially in the last five to ten years um but yeah when julia was in it there's very few female magicians okay. wow. um, and she's still in it now but like she performs less much more for our shows than being a, um, okay. a magician like for the corporate market or for private parties uh-huh. and stuff yeah. so what's your favorite magic act What's my favourite? <laughs> yeah. oh, well, my one, the one I do. Yeah. <laughs> have you got a fave? Sorry? Have you got a favourite? Favourite what? Magic, what magic favorite? act. Magic oh, trick. Act. Should I say trick? Trick? Oh, yeah. well, you can say trick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are all tricks. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I, I do love doing some of the creations that I've come up with for my mind reading and um, mentalism act and the show that I now call The Art of Deception, uh-huh. um, that is uh, which I which I get to do. I've actually done recently a couple of times um, in in private uh, corporate settings. Uh-huh. Um, it is a great amount of fun. It's a lot of fun, um, and yeah, just <laughs> being able to um, to read people's minds and mm-hmm. work that into the show is is very fun. Yeah, wow, yeah, that's what I enjoy the most. Have you ever stuffed up a, a performance? Always. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. There's always the chance. Like I said, I'd like, I do take risks. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I generally have a sort of parachute. So if it fails, I've got something to go to. Okay. Um, so, but a yes, last resort. I, uh, yeah, sort of a, <laughs> um, a, 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 a what do you, I don't know, what do you call it? A, a, a um, 
yeah, your emergency brake uh-huh, glass, uh-huh, an emergency uh-huh. lever. Um, but yeah, yeah, you, you can yeah you can definitely stuff it up, and sometimes it can be really hard. You okay. know, that, what, what I do, I, I do like I said, I do take risks. Yes. And, and um, but that I, I enjoy doing mm. that. I really enjoy doing that. So, so you um, might so not. Yeah, it oh. fails. Sorry, sorry. Now, um, you might not like uh, me asking this question. So, what what is magic? You know, is it science, art, trick, or reality? It's fascinating. Like, what would you call it? I, I would call it actually all of those. Yeah, okay. Um, really great magic uses science uh, in, an, in, in, in an artistic sense uh-huh. to create the illusion of impossibility. Mm, and, fascinating. Um, and and if it's done right, it is absolutely baffling. And there's things that I've seen that still baffle me. You know, like I go, well, I don't know. I, I know I know techniques, and I know, but I don't know how he did that or how they did that. I, you know, and so, um, yeah. But but generally, uh, I would say, and more and more, uh, magic is more an application of. Of scientific principles that are done in such a way that people don't get, they mm-hmm. don't, they just can't backtrack to them. Okay, wow, all right. So, why is keeping a secret like is it? Why is keeping a secret is it paramount? Like in the art of magic, because wonder is really important. Uh, wonder is important mm-hmm. in in our lives, and I think it was Einstein that said, and I'll be paraphrasing because I can't remember it uh-huh. exactly, but he said, um, "The oh, see now I've forgotten the quote, <laughs> but, <laughs> but basically the, the most the most um, the most beautiful thing that you can experience is uh, is the." Oh, is wonder, I think he said. Wonder, but okay. a, look, it's, a, it's a paraphrase, but he's the most beautiful thing that you can experience is wonder, and the, he says it's the, it's the source of all true art and science. Yeah, because from that point, from that point of wonder, mm-hmm. that moment of, and not wondering, I wonder how this is, but what, you know, true wonder in that, that the astonishment of something uh-huh. um, that, that 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 you you're actually driven to to imagine and to believe and to and to push for something uh-huh. if something can be done uh, it starts from a point of wonder yes um so so I, actually what was your question i've now forgotten why is keeping a secret ah well, is, it, is it paramount in the art of magic Yes. So, yeah. so if you, so for instance, if I was to do perform a magic trick for you, and yes. I say this to kids when I teach them, well, you can't tell secrets. No, well, I, I do. T- I, you have to, and then you tell them to keep a secret. Well, I teach, I teach kids when I when I do do performances for kids and teach them a simple magic trick. I tell them that you can't tell the person how it's done. Okay. Because I show them the trick, they go, "Whoa!" Then. Once you know how it's done, you go, oh, well, that was easy. That's simple. That's stupid, mm-hmm. in fact, <laughs> right? So what happens is the, the secret is is why the wonder works. Uh-huh. Um, and, and the point of, of magic is the illusion of impossibility. Now, the creation of that illusion of impossibility can be something that is unbelievably technological or it can be something that is absolutely simple and ridiculously simple. And it's just that what you're doing is tricking the perceptions of people in order to believe one thing while something else happens. Mm-hmm. Now, if you tell people the, tr- the, the secret of that, 
if people understand the secrets of those things, mm. if they know them, then there is no performance of magic. Mm. And so the the importance of magic is 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 because it it um it triggers the imagination mm. as a catalyst for imaginative uh, exercises and imaginative expeditions. So magic is really important. As mm. theatre is really important to to the the nourishment of the of the human soul mm. and the condition. Mm. Our our um you know art wondering. Is yeah, art is important. Yeah, and so art is important, yeah. If everyone could paint like Picasso, he wouldn't be special, would he? No, he wouldn't be, no. So it's a, in a similar way, keeping the secret mm. is keeping the skill of, of, of Picasso because as magicians, it's always said, it's a very hackneyed line, but we stand on the shoulders of giants and those mm. secrets and those techniques that have been passed down to magicians are, are amazing, like they are amazing achievements and they must be kept as those achievements mm -hmm. in order to perpetuate the ability to produce wonder. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, interesting. So if you, have you got a favourite magician like Yes, I do. Houdini. Anyone? Uh, Houdini was a, Houdini was a genius. Yeah, he was a, he was a genius not only a, but he was a genius not only of promotion uh, of performance but of promotion. Okay. He, made himself the greatest magician in the world by recognising that what people wanted was to believe in a superman, somebody mm. who could not be bound by shackles of any sort and could escape from anything. Did he live and a long life? No, no. He Well, no, unfortunately, no, he died of uh, complications due to appendicitis. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's unfortunate. Uh, because he was, he was bloody-minded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he was, he was um, a workaholic. Of sorts, and um, and there's a there's a you know apocryphal story, but it, it is there is truth to it. But um, he used to have people uh, punch him in the stomach. He would say he could, he could take any punch from oh, anybody. Okay, uh, and he and this also was part of you know the, the myth of this of this great Superman. Yeah. Um, and he was caught unaware at one point when he had already had appendicitis. Supposedly, this is the hypothesis to, to what actually happened because he he did die of um of basically blood poisoning, and I mm. think it was from a ruptured um, appendix. Okay. Um, but yeah, so what happened was that uh, some some you know a bully boy bravado. Um, thug came into his dressing room, uh, was led into his dressing room uh -huh. and said, oh, I reckon they, t they tell me that you can take any punch. Didn't allow him to get up, just punched him as he was sitting oh, on the no. couch. And this supposedly ruptured his uh, his appendix, yes. or his spleen. I'm not sure which one, but in any case, he got he had he died from complications, and okay. I believe it was from appendicitis from a ruptured appendix. Um, but and yeah, and so but he didn't go to hospital. He's just like he was like he didn't go to hospital. He was in pain for three days, and finally was taken to hospital once he collapsed. Uh, and unfortunately, obviously, it was too oh. late for operations or whatever. And that, that was in 1930. Three, okay, I think, or could wow. I? Could be, anyway, he died on he died on um on on Halloween. Did he Halloween? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so Houdini oh. is a favourite. Yes, he's a favourite magician. He was a he was an amazing amazing man. Um, and he is was actually Hungarian Hungarian Jewish. Mm -hmm. Um, his his real name was er, er, Erich Weiss, okay. and uh, he changed his name to Houdini because obviously that's not a very um 
uh, Eric Weiss wasn't going to be a great stage name. Yeah. Um, he took his name from the father of modern magic, um, Jean-Eugène uh, um, uh, Houdin, yes. who, um, Robert Houdin, who, um, who basically brought magic off the street and off the side, out of the side alleys and put it onto, onto stage as a, as a stage entertainment. Um, and so he was an amazing, brilliant French magician who basically birthed modern magic and it's, and it's, and the art form as we, as we know it today in, in its sense of being a, you know, presentation. It's a, it's a, it's a theater piece yeah. rather than just side hustles on the street. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. So, is there anything else in the pipeline after Club Soda? Uh, well, yeah, uh, we've got <laughs> things that we're going on with. But um, uh, after this performance of Club Soda, we've got about a week and a half, and and we, my partner, Ju- my partner, my wife Julia, and myself and my daughter, we're going on a holiday uh, to Japan. Oh, how exciting! Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I'm actually giving a lecture in Japan at the uh, Tokyo Amateur Magicians Club uh-huh. uh, on the, what is it, the 6th of April, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, there. Far. So if anybody's in, in <laughs> anybody away. To this, <laughs> if you want to come to it. No, so um, I'll be in Tokyo uh, in April. Uh, actually, in Japan, we're going to Kyoto and, um, and Tokyo and and the surrounding areas uh and then we're going on to um istanbul um and to morocco uh, oh perfect timing how nice broaden our horizons after after two years of lockdowns and stuff exactly and and a year of catch-up on work that we did last year well-deserved holiday Um, and then beyond that, yes, uh, uh, Club Soda will be uh, on again later in the year at uh, the Gasworks uh-huh. uh, Arts Park, and uh, there'll be more engagements. The Paris Underground is um, looking like it might be in Canberra uh-huh. uh, later in the year, and um, we've also got other shows uh, lost in Venice that will probably be coming up um, at Chapel of Chapel later in the year, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. Okay, so what can so, we – oh, sorry – no, cut no, you off again. That was it. No, <laughs> okay. no. That was so saying, what can, so, what can we expect from this uh, weekend's performance? Uh, well, you can expect um, to be thoroughly entertained. Yes. Uh, it's, um, it is a, uh, a, oh, what, a beautiful presentation of, of, the, of circus arts, you know, thematic presentation um, of magic in, in um, theatrical vignettes of um, dance and um, and circus and, and the circus arts in in a in a presentation that is um, brilliantly if I do say so myself uh-huh. because it's just I, I, it's such an enjoyable thing brilliantly sort of um, just uh, threaded together mm-hmm. as a as a um, thematic inter- evening of entertainment mm. um, which yeah. Yeah, which which is which is just extremely enjoyable for the audience and for the performers. Oh, wonderful! So, Club Soda is screening at the Frank's Frankston Arts Centre on Saturday. Plain, plain, oh, plain. plain. It's, it's a live. It's That's live. Right. It's screening <laughs> at the Frankston Arts Centre on Saturday, the eighteenth of March. Um, you can also find Richard on the socials. So, you're on Instagram at, at yes. Richard. Vegas Magician and Rock Hunter Productions, um, and um, look, it sounds like it's going to be, an, you know, amazing performance. Like. 
definitely an evening of entertainment. I can't wait to see it, Richard. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you, Tina. Can I say? Thank you, Tina. Can I say one thing? Of course. I'd I'd love to give um, uh, a a little bit extra to your listeners. If if um, anybody does want to come along to the show, and I hope that they do, and uh, and buy tickets, then I I would love to give just right here, right now, a discount code that will go on to all tickets. Can you tell me? Uh, Can you? Yeah, absolutely. It is uh, all capitals. Dance. Yes. The word dance. uh, No spaces. Dance twenty three. Uh huh. Uh, and that will give you a discount on any ticket. Okay, wonderful. I hope you Dance 23 is a, is a discount that you can put on to any tickets and just go to the Frankston Arts Centre uh, website for the, the purchase of tickets there for Club Soda. And, um, yeah. Thank yeah, that'd you. Be cool. Thank you. I hope, yeah, people that are listening, take that. Thank you, Richard, so much. Thank you for joining us here on Radio Cara. It's been it's a pleasure. It's been wonderful Thanks. having you. Thank you. Thank you. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Hi, I'm Fiona Lee Maynard and you're listening to Radio Caram, which is what I do whenever I'm anywhere near Seaford Caram High School and Eel Race Road. <laughs>